look at the play clock. And there it goes again. They, they were generous there. They were generous. They didn't beat it. Here's the pass by Zappi. Open man at the 10. And strutting in for the touchdown is Devontae Parker. Call it what you want. Say what you want. He got the touchdown. I don't care if it's delay a game or not. That's up to you. But you know what? McGarvin and I, we're here to talk some Patriots. First quarter of the season's done. Like, our, how are we feeling? How are you doing today? What's on your mind? Doing well. How are we feeling? Not not super. Not not feeling super about the season uh, to this point and the way it's, it's, it's tracking. But, you know, I'm an optimist by nature, so I'll just go ahead and keep uh, – keep pushing through and uh you know enjoying every game because as much as you know some of the some of it looks yeah ugly uh, i'm still having a good time so that's the best way to look at it is from like an optimistic standpoint view where it's just like hey there's first four games may not have gone the way we wanted i know there's the whole oh we were here last year but i look at it for there's one in three this is still a team that like it's not like we're Vegas, a team I think you and I were both down yeah. on going into the year, where it's like, you know what, and yeah, we were right. We were right. You and I were right. But this is a just a general, hey, yeah, this team's still another year or two away from being back in that conversation. I'm not saying Super Bowl conversation, but like true when you look at them as like a true, true playoff contender. So for the most part, you can't be mad. And when you look at the kid, Bailey, Zap, um, I don't I'm not mad at it. I know people kind of go on and say, like, oh, like Oh, Bailey's happy like this, this, is like, you know, there's a whole, how do you go back to Mac Jones after this? I'm just like, I'd rather have him than Jared Stidham right now. Yeah, that's um, that's been an interesting uh, little, you know, development from, you know, Sunday's game. I, I really don't know how anyone watched that game and thought, oh, yeah, Mac is in trouble. I'm like, he went out there, he completed 10 passes for less than 100 yards. Um, he took some horrendous sacks. I'm, I, I just don't know. How anyone can say that seriously? Now I know a lot of people were joking about it on Sunday because um, it's fun, and then Monday came and there were people who took it a little too seriously. And I'm like, oh, you y'all meant this? Like y'all actually meant this? That's, that's kind of crazy. Um, but I think for what it was, you know, being thrust into the game with, you know, his first NFL game period, first time even being active, um, getting thrown in there and having to play him, you know, a majority of the game. Hoyer went out with the second drive, so he had to go in there and play a majority of the game. So I think for what it was, like. I think it was a fun story, but I think there are legitimate concerns um, if Zappy has to, you know, play any significant number of games going forward. Yeah, even with the easy schedule that's coming up, I don't even want to, like, I'm afraid to call it easy just because I feel like with the NFL, you always, those are the games, you know, yeah, we're going to win no problem, and then you snap your fingers yep. and you lose them. Yep. So that's why, like, I'm kind of skeptical about this stretch, but my whole thing is, is if they can go into, let's see, if they can go into that Thanksgiving night game at four and two since starting this week, yeah, I'll be okay. I think that's best case scenario for the Patriots is four and two yeah. for the next six weeks. I, I think the uh, the stretch is a lot easier than I um or I mean I guess softer is the better term because there's nothing easy in the NFL, but it's um not as grueling as other parts of the schedule. But you think they have what Detroit? Uh, Detroit comes up, then you got Detroit, Cleveland. Uh, I believe they play Chicago. the Jets. Chicago's in there, and then they also play Indianapolis um, over the course of the next, like, six or seven games. And I'm just looking at them like, I don't know, man. Those games, uh, you know, on paper are winnable, but it actually really just more or less depends on how um, how it looks from a quarterbacking perspective. I think if it's Zappy out there, 
it it's not going to be as soft as it sh- as it could be. Um, <clears throat> just because my biggest concern with with Bailey Zappi is his um, awareness. His his well, pocket presence, yeah, but his um his his progressions, his um uh, his reads, he just yeah. goes through them so slowly, and he has since camp, and he's a rookie, so you kind of just like assume. Like, you know, that, yep, that's kind of how rookies are. Um, but he goes through them so slowly. And then when he finally gets to, like, his, the read he wants, <laughs> the ball is late, like, every time. Um, and I'm just like, okay, cool. Uh, I just I, I haven't seen enough throughout throughout all of camp. I thought he was kind of up and down as far as accuracy goes. Um, so I'm, I have, like, legitimate concerns on what happens if he has to, like, you know, go out there and start a game from start to finish and, Kind of, you know, I, I think on Sunday you saw that the Patriots uh, coaching staff kind of coached around him. You know, his first few throws, he had one, you know, that was a bailout. Uh, a bail, he failed on the, uh, on the play, rolled out, tried to hit Ramondre from there. They gave him three uh, three bubbles in a row or something to that effect. Uh, a lot of short kind of easy passes. He threw uh, two screens. The best throw he made was um, the, you know, the the dig route to Nelson Aguilar. And even that was, was late and behind. You know, he had a touchdown if he, you know, if he puts it on him in time, the Devontae Parker touchdown, same kind of thing where, you know, he got it and he took it and we just saw the clip and you took it. But like you, you saw, even then it was a, a busted coverage, a delay of game and the ball was late and behind. So it's like, all right, how does that look when there's not a busted coverage and things of that sort? So I think that's like the real concern. Um, I think Hoyer, and I'm not a Hoyer guy by any stretch, but I think Hoyer, if he's clear to play, should play because I think he kind of just gives you you know, you, you know what you're going to get out of him. It's going to be like C minus, maybe, you know, D plus kind of play um, from him. And I think that can be enough with the ground game and the defense because I actually really do believe in that defense. Um, I just, I have concerns about quarterback for this stretch, regardless of the team. I think they'll be fine for Detroit. I think they're going to have a, a whale of a game in um, against Cleveland if they have, you know, if they have to play Zappy in that, in that point. I'm waiting for two weeks from now, Monday Night Football, for Justin Fields against Bailey Zappi, and it's going to be oh. like 12 to 7. <laughs> and all of America is going to be – Between them. <laughs> and all of America is going to be like, what? Why are we watching this? What the fuck yeah. is this? And I'm just like – Mind football. you, I like Justin I, – I do like Justin Fields. I like him quite a bit. I just – I think it's hilarious that they just don't let him go football. I'm like, cool, cool. And now their top running backs hurt, so more the merrier for them. Yep. Yep. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you so far, so we're going to go back now. We're going to look through the first quarter. The first yeah. quarter of the season. That's my new thing I want to do here every month. Get either yourself, other Patriot content creators on here to basically talk about, you know, besides the weekend that was, which we can even talk about that some too, including um, – I oh, my brain farted there. But basically for the first four games of the Patriot season, regardless of the Mac injury – positives, negatives, what have you taken away from it? How, does it change of what you thought of this team since you and I last spoke in July? Um, I think they have that like a top three running game in the NFL. It's, it is very good. It's very varied. They're running a ton of different schemes and both of the, both of the backs at this point, because they're only playing two of them. Um, both Ramondre and Damian are, are running really well. They, you know, obviously getting – opportunities in the passing game because the Patriots don't have a passing down back right now. I think their run game is like, is legit. You know, I, I think that's going to carry them not even, even beyond Mac Jones injury. I think it's going to carry them throughout the year because it is very good. Um, I, I haven't seen enough out of Pierre strong. I, I just don't know how he's not getting any snaps. Like he's, he's 
barely even lining up, um, but he's he's out there. So I haven't seen enough out of him, but I think the running game is where they're going to lie. I think the biggest negative for me, though, has been uh, tight end play, right? So we all kind of expected John to kind of take that next, that next step because, you know, we saw what he looked like in camp and he had a disappointing year one. Um, and I think on the whole, he's been really good, just not very productive um, as far as like a pass catcher but he is their best blocker far away. I think the biggest surprise, though, is that all of a sudden Hunter Henry forgot how to play football. Um, He is just an absolute liability out there in the run game. Um, You can go back and watch any – pick a game. If he's on the field, you'll just watch. If if it's a running play, you'll you'll find him at the end of the play getting up off the ground. It is is actually really bad. And I think it got – it was especially, you know, exposed on Sunday against Green Bay where, you know, John got hurt, his ankle ankle got hurt, and – you know, Hunter Henry's out there and he was just like, just lying down every time. And you're like, cool, cool. You know, Ramondre has to make the cut in the backfield or Damian has to, you know, elude two, uh, two defenders before he even gets up field. And you look and 85 is on the ground and I'm like, all right, cool. Now, granted, I don't think he was a great run blocker last year. I mean, he, he's never been a great run blocker in general. Um, I just think he's also, he just doesn't have the, um, the receiving production this year. To offset it like he did last year, whereas last year he wasn't a great blocker, but it didn't matter. He was catching and you know yeah. spiking footballs. So it was like, all right, cool, totally, we'll you know make it happen. This year that's not happening, um, and it's just kind of highlighted because you're just looking, you're like, where the hell is Hunter Henry? Oh, there he is on the ground. Cool. Um, so John was out for any uh, portion of time. I think the Patriots lose. They, they lose their best tight end. I think he's actually one of their best offensive players. Um, and I know that sounds silly to say because the production isn't there, but I think when you watch the tape, it's you know, you, you see the opportunities that they're, even though the ball's not necessarily going his way. Um, I think, moreover, on the I, I, the big story on the on the first quarter of the season, as far as, like, the offense goes, a lot of people are harping on the, the Kendrick Bourne thing. You know, he played two snaps in week one, and he's kind of, you know, been in and out of the lineup from there. I mean, he's played at least 20 in every game since, but it's like every week, you know, there's a new, oh, well, what's happening with Kendrick Bourne? What's happening with Kendrick Bourne? Um, and I think he needs to play more. He just needs to play more. Uh, I think it's a tough a tough equation, though, because the question then becomes, who do you take off the field for him? I think Nelson Aguilar has been very good um, straight from, you know, OTA straight through now. I think he's been very good. Uh, if he doesn't fumble those two balls, the one in Miami uh, and the one, you know, against the Ravens, uh, I think he it, his entire season looks a little different because he has been very good. Uh, it's just the fumbles that have been the issue. So you have Nelson Aguilar. Um, he's kind of been playing the zero. Obviously, Devontae Parker is the X. Kendrick Bourne can't play X. Cool. So then the question that becomes, all right, well, do you take Jacoby Myers off the field for Kendrick Bourne? No, because Jacoby Myers is Jacoby Myers, and he's kind of your most consistent, if you know, consistent option, even though he's the most explosive. So then it, it um, you know, it kind of it kind of just leaves Bourne as the odd man out, and it and it, and it kind of bites. And it, it's it's made even worse by the fact that he can't run block. Um, and so the Patriots are using Logan Humphrey in that role, and people just don't like that. And I, I understand you obviously want more of that, but it's not like a little Jordan Humphreys going out there and running, you know, a ton of routes and you know, he's getting opportunities that Kendrick Moore is not. Neither of them are really, you know, <clears throat> neither of them are playing the same role as each other. So I don't think it really counts. I mean, if you look at, um, I think it was week one, little Jordan Humphreys, he played, you know, I think it was like 30 some odd snaps. He ran five routes. <laughs> you know, he was just, he, he came in as a, as a pass blocker. I mean, that's our run blocker. Um, and I think that really does speak to the fact that Hunter Henry just can't do it. So they're finding someone who can. So you see a lot of times the game's open and it's 81 and 83 out there. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, I can't believe, you know, little John Humphrey, he's starting or he's getting all these reps. And I'm like, well, they need someone to run block and it's not going to be Hunter Henry because he can't do it. So, you know, it's kind of 
it's kind of tough. But I I think the coaching staff, I mean, they're paid handsomely. They're they have all this prestige, all this legacy. They've been doing it for longer than I've been alive. They kind of have kind of have to figure it out because Kendrick Bourne just needs more just needs more opportunities. Finally put. Yeah, that's the thing too. So remember the last time I came on, what was my hot take on the year? Well, that's freezing cold right now. That Kendrick Bourne was going to be a thousand yard receiver on the year. That was my big. I thought they were going to be a top ten offense. I did say that. So uh, you know, also freezing cold. It's early. It's early. It'll warm up. <laughs> that's the thing, though. It's it's October fourth. I'm not like freaking yeah. out. That's the because that's the thing with the NFL too. It's such a week to week thing. Like remember after week two and everyone's being like, you know, Bills Eagles Super Bowl. Like it's going to happen. They're going to be there. Yep. And then it's like that chatter goes away. Yep. It's like anything in this league. You, literally have to take it a week at a time hell a day at a time because this league is just changing so quickly um i agree with you on the hunter henry stuff like he's been he's been an unknown out there this year like you said he's either on the ground or he hasn't done anything when it comes to touchdowns um the one thing i was like want to take away from the season so far is the fact that the miami game that we only let them score 13 points on offense now the defense now the obviously there was the um there was the one fumble but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Um, if I look at it so far, there's so many – There's for all the negatives that there are, you have to balance it out with the positives. Like I look at it, Pittsburgh as a positive game. It was an ugly win. I know people like to go, oh, it was such an ugly win. If you want to win in this league, you got to win ugly. Not every win is going to be pretty yep. a cakewalk. Absolutely. Buffalo, a team – Buffalo learned that on Sunday, that you know what? Sometimes you have to go and do it hard, do it the hard way and win. But then with Sunday, more yeah, moral victory sucked, but at the same time too – I've been seeing like, you know, all the big heads being like no one when they put their like level of concern, no one's really looking at the Patriots. It's always that, hey, they'll figure it out. They'll find a way. Like yeah. we said, the schedule is, you know, softer coming up. Um, but this team as a whole, like and I look at it too, the, the positives, which we'll get into later, I look at still is the offensive line minus Isaiah win. Like those the other four guys have been playing great so yeah. far. Yep. I'm I'm happy about brought Marcus Cannon back. Uh, Matthew Judon looks like he has a missed step. Dietrich, I think yep. Dietrich Wise is a player that's he's really come back. He's really come back, kind of you know what, proving that he's reliable on the edge. And I'm gonna give my props where my props are due because the Patriots just have a knack for finding corners. Jack Jones of the pick six on Sunday, he was great. Jack in coverage Jones is the too. truth. He is yeah. the truth. I'm telling you, <laughs> he is. People look at those like people. I think look at like the Cole Strange pick and go like, oh, Bill can't draft. But then he finds Jack Jones. I think it was. Third, it was either third or fourth round. I know Jack was fourth third. Round. He was fourth. Marcus was the third. Marcus was the 85th. Yeah. I think Jack was like 129, I want to say. It was the pick for him. Um, the fact that you can go out and find those diamonds in the rough, the Kyle Duggars, the players like that. That's another player, too. Kyle Duggar, who, you, who I'm going to say on record right now, Mark Andrews doesn't go sicko mode if Kyle Duggar's out there in week three. That's one thing I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think they had Joshua Bledsoe in that role. He had him on five snaps, like the quote-unquote passing downs. Um, yeah. And he looked fine. It was just when he wasn't taking him, and it was just like, you know, Andrews against the field, against whoever was out there. That's when it kind of got gross. I mean, McCourty, McCourty couldn't have covered that touchdown any better. I'm telling you, just, eh, you know, he's, yeah. he's not he's not big enough. He's not you know strong enough. And it's like he's also 35, so I, it's fine. I yeah, I, I I would I would agree. But the, that Ravens game is different if Dunger plays. Basically, I like to look at a college football for each of these games, like how I thought last Sunday was going to be Big Ten football. Ravens, we got Big 12 football. But this Sunday coming in, besides, yeah. besides me besides me coming in, I've told you this, I arrive in less than right, 48 right. hours. <laughs> we have throwback uniforms. 
with the Detroit Lions. Like, I look at this game and I'm just like, I don't think there's ever been a more exciting one and three game just because you have one team you're not sure what you're going to get. And you have one team yeah. who, for as good as they have been offensively, their defense is just like on the complete opposite yeah. end of the spectrum, yeah. which yeah. I just want to cut and say one quick thing and featured. And I know Taylor Kyles has said this. I saw his video about Jeff Okuda really coming into his own in the NFL. Yeah. So yeah, he, um, he looked like every bit the top five pick that he was supposed to be. Um, I've always, I've, I've been big on Okuda. Um, that injury line, I think he would have been there last year, but then, you know, obviously the, the, the Achilles. Injury, yeah. The Achilles set him back. So, I, I think he's really come to his own. I, I just – it's everywhere else. I think they're looking to build a really good D-line. Um, I think they're still a year away. They, they remind me of, you know, San Francisco when they started building their D-line, right? They, you know, they started with uh, Eric Armstead. They went out. They got, obviously, DeForest Buckner. Um, Solomon Thomas came after that. And they kind of just built out that line. Like, every year it's kind of, you know, getting a nice, you know, a nice pick up front. Yeah. I really like the um, the players they went and got. So obviously, you know, you have Aiden Hutchinson, the you know second overall pick. Uh, um, I really like Julian Aquara. I think he's a good player. Um, their D tackles though, uh, Alimith Neal and I'm blanking on the other one. They have two uh, two second year tackles that they drafted. I think third and a uh, third and fourth or uh, second and third. Either way, they drafted them last year, and they've been really good. Was it Vitae? No, 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 no. But um, I'll, I'll pull up. His, I'll, I'll pull it up. But um, I like the tackles they have over there as well. It's just really for me the linebackers and the safeties. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't see what y'all are trying to do here because they're back. They have Alex Antoloni pl- uh, playing, and I mean, God bless him, but holy cow, he can't be your, he can't be your best linebacker. I'm sorry, he, he simply can't, he can't be. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, Walker, they had a, um, I thought he was their best safety. Yeah, you know, uh, so. There's that. I I don't really like their I don't like their defense at all, and I think it's just hilarious that the defense is also just terrible. And that's all like a stat. It's like, oh yeah, you know the the Lions offense putting up 35 points a game, and the defense is giving up 35.3, and I'm like, that is hideous. <laughs> like that is just you, you don't win a lot of fo- football games by the way. But it's the one I game. Looking forward to it. Yes, I am too. Like with Sunday, like I look at the, what they're doing, and like you see how. They beat the football team, but then Minnesota and Philly, teams that are going to be in that playoff mix, and Philly might be in the Super Bowl yeah. mix, you lose to. And then this past Sunday with Seattle, um, which uh, – how famous do you think you have to be to get on a golf cart to go take a down? Do you think you have to be yeah, I, relatively look, famous like I that? Think, uh, I don't think like I'll, DK I'll that way. I, that was um, that was so funny though. I I, I love DK. That uh, I hear him though. Sometimes you gotta go. You gotta go. Sometimes it's just not gonna make you know. You know it when you start bumbling. Yeah. You're like, Ugh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tight call. <laughs> and that's a big feel. So I, I hear him. I hear him. Yeah. <laughs> the player oh, I was thinking of is uh, Levi uh, on Wuzurike. That's who it was. So yeah. So the, it was sec- uh, Levi went second. and Lim went third. So. That, so I like obviously their you know D line that they're trying to build over there. The one bright spot they have is Malcolm Rodriguez right now. In my opinion, he's been playing really well. I think he was a fifth round pick at Oklahoma State. But besides that, yeah, like this is a team that when they get into shootouts, if you get into shootout with a raw team, like say I don't know Thanksgiving Day when the Bills come to town, yep, that's yeah. gonna be something that I'm really excited to. I'm really excited for like the throwback uniforms. Obviously, uh, the it sounds like they're going to do a little more than just the uniforms. Um, I, I was reading that 
they're looking into you know different kind of signage on the wall to give it that kind of throwback feel i'm almost wondering if they go back to the old um to the old font for the end zone logo as opposed to the the, the logo they've been using since 20 what is it 2012 or 2013 so i'm, I'm really excited about that i really really hope matt gets the place uh you know i i want a nice comfortable win in those red uniforms like i just i just want to see it i want to see some awesomeness in red and if you know they go out there and lay a giant egg i'm gonna be crushed so yeah what was i gonna say I know they're doing a rally towel giveaway. I've seen some stuff about flags and stuff like that, but I don't know too, too much into it. I just love how all of a sudden this became like breaking news where it's like, yeah, the Patriots wear the red uniforms. Meanwhile, Patriot fans, we've known this since like August that this, this mm-hmm. game and the befitting Bills game coming up in December, those are the red uniform games. Um, the one thing I'm going to say right now is though, they're not laying a giant egg. They're going, they're going to impress because like I said, because I'm there, I bought my tickets last week. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. You gotta um, be the good luck charm. Be great. I'm the good. I'm the good luck charm. Yes, sitting in section two twenty four. Have the Patriots ever lost with you there? That's the real question. So I've never been to Gillette. This is gonna be my first ever game oh, at Gillette. That's exciting. The only other time I've seen them play was 2011, Week Three in Buffalo, when they were the Bills were down seventeen, and then the Bills came back and won that game. If you remember that one, I don't remember that 2011. Oh, that's Brady. Brady threw like three picks or something like that, or four yeah. picks. Yeah, yeah. And then that's the weird time when the Bills were like, they were both like two and zero going into that game, and then the Bills like won that game, and then ever since then they like fizzled out, and then the Patriots just kind of you know rolled the wave of momentum and went to the Super Bowl that year against the Giants, yeah. the second one. So that's the Was only that other the time. Stevie Johnson game. That might have been. That might have been. Oh man, I, I think so. That game. That game uh, gave me an ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you know what? No, so, like I said, Sunday is my first time in Gillette. I'm sitting kind of like, I think it's the corner. Like basically, it's that corner where the big jumbotron is, not where the construction's going on. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's the two. I'm in the 200 level because, like, I was tickets are pretty expensive there. Um, oh, the Lions game. Yeah, that surprises. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, but no, I'm like 224, but I believe the 200 level, it's not like its own level. It's kind of like connected to the 100 level. And I looked at the view on, and I just bought them off Ticket Exchange. It looks good. That's the thing, too, the view, like, though, when I... The view from 200 is pretty good. That's I'm all I ask. That. That's, that's, that's where I sit every time I go. That's all I ask. That, and then, like I said, I have a full weekend planned Friday. I'm going to spend the whole day out in Foxborough, kind of like, you know, exploring the ground surrounding the stadium. Yeah. Um, spending more money than I should at the pro shop and going to the hall of fame. So it's going to be a very, very exciting weekend. I'm very excited to get out there. Um, But no, with this game, like, I don't know what to expect. I feel like everyone's going to be thinking points, 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 but I can see a world where this is a defensive football game because do you see Jared Goff going out there and putting 45 on this Patriots defense? Uh, No, I I do not. I, um, I, yeah, I don't see it either. I think the Patriots defense is um, obviously a very good defense. I don't think they're going to allow – Patriots never really allow that many points in the first place. Like, they're, they're always, like, top ten in points allowed. Um, you know, so I don't really – I really don't think that. And I also just don't believe in Jared Goff. Uh, I think they – you know, the Lions' offense has had to score a lot of points, and so he's kind of throwing the guys and kind of making it happen. But really, it, it's been, like, one big play uh, a game. Like, one, like, catch and run where something absurd just happens, and you're like, okay, cool. Last week it was obviously Hawkinson. He had that big catch and run, even though he didn't get into the end zone on that. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown had one um, against the Eagles. So I think 
I think the Patriots can limit that pretty well, um, especially if Amon Ra doesn't play. Uh, if he does play, obviously, that's going to be tough, um, especially because he lines up in a slot. And Miles Bryant also happens to play there. So that could get ugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like the ultra breath and just hope for the best. Um, the only thing I'll give the Lions credit for is their offensive line, I think, is very underrated. I think they have a really good offensive line as well. But Yeah, I think it's uh, top three in the league. I really, um, I really do. I think um, oh, I'd actually be top two. I think Eagles have the best line. In the league. I think that you know, not really up for debate. Um, I would, yeah. So and then and then from there, I, I really do like. I like Tampa's line um, more than other people do, and I really like, obviously, like Detroit's line. They're, they're another one who kind of just took a bunch of took a bunch of offensive linemen high, even though they had good offensive linemen, and just built you know strong strength. And that's just a really good way to do it because they had obviously Taylor Decker and they took Penix Sewell anyway. Um, you know, they Frank, uh, Frank Ragnow is a really good player. Um, they have was it Crosby? Um, he was a third rounder, but still, like, they yeah. kind of just built it over time. And so it was like, oh, yeah, they have one good player on the line. Then next year, they have two good players on the line. And all of a sudden, oh, shit, they have a really good line. So I, I, I like their uh, offensive line as well. Oh, the only thing I'll say about Sunday with the quarterback battle of Goff and either Zapier Hoyer or even in the odd chance it's Jones, I think if it's I'm not going to say Jones because I trust him in this stance, but if it's Zappi or if it's Hoyer against Goff, it's going to be which quarterback screws up the least. It's going to be, yeah. you know, that, that – I, I thought what, like, this Sunday, like, say, you could see one of those guys throwing a heartbreaking interception. I could see this being a close game. All I ask for is a good competitive game of football. I don't want to egg late yep. by either side. I want a good back-and-forth game. I want to want to get my money's worth. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm <laughs> – I, 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 I'm already mentally preparing myself for like when I see the stadium, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to feel, but because like I said, this is, this is a triple, this is a, this is like a triple lifetime in the making for me in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, Gillette's a, but, Gillette's a great time. Oh, can't wait. I can't wait. I'm just oh, I'm so excited. Let's go. Um, before we get back to Patriots, I want to play uh, just to go through, I'm going to pull up my app quickly on the phone and just go through, go through a list of teams with you. I just want to veer away from the Pats for a second. Okay. And I want you – I'm going to go through all the teams in the league right now, and I want, I'm want. i going to pick out some, and I want you to tell me if you're worried about them or if you're not worried about them. And the first one I'm going to start with is Pittsburgh. Um, not worried, but that's only because, like, I think going in into the year, they're, they're kind of playing exactly how I kind of thought they were. Um, but because they benched Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I think – all right, like we can we can finally start getting something going. I don't think um, I'm, I'm not huge on Pickett. I don't think they'll go out there and be like some kind of studs. But I think they will be way more competitive than they were with Mitchell because Mitchell just refuses to throw in the middle of the field. Um, and I don't I, I don't know why, but he just won't throw into the middle of the field. So um, obviously, getting a quarterback who will read the whole field and throw to the whole field will help a lot. So I think they'll be imminently more watchable. The New Orleans Saints. I think they're bad. I, I do think they're bad. I um, man, I, you know, this week people are oh, you know, Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, and I'm like, that's a big bag of suck either way. So I don't know. Um, their defense should be better than they are. They're just not playing really that way. Uh, their offensive skill players are quote unquote good. I, they're fine. Um, Alvin Kamara is like their best player as far as I'm concerned. And I know everyone's excited yeah. to have Michael Thomas back, but. They're, that team doesn't move the needle for me at all. Um, the Colts. They're bad. <laughs> they are bad. They're as bad as I kind of thought they were going to be. I, I don't believe in Matt Ryan. I've never believed in Matt Ryan. He's, 
he's fine. Um, but I've never believed him as like that guy. I always kind of thought he was way more, way more Andy Dalton like than everyone else. Where I'm like, you give him a good team, he'll probably be pretty good. You give him a bad team, he's probably pretty bad. Um, but they are they are not playing well. Um, and it's yeah, yeah, worried, very worried. I think uh, so. The only other teams like I when I look on this list, I'm just like, yeah, I worry about all of them. Like Carolina, like. I'm not not, not even worried. That's just they suck. No, they need That's a fire. They need a fire Matt rule. Just fire him and move on. One in twenty-four when your opponent scores in more than seventeen is like all the cannon yeah. fodder that Dave Tepper needs. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh I think he's also part of the problem, Dave Tepper. He's just he's a quote unquote patient, but this there's a point where it stops being patience and starts being foolishness, and we've reached that point last year. So uh yeah, they need to get rid of Matt Rule and figure something out. Baker Baker isn't him, um, but even Baker shouldn't look this bad with that team. So, Yeah. The only other teams I see on there where it's like, I'm not worried about them, but I think that they're more of an illusion of how bad they really are is Atlanta at two and two, which they're feisty, but they're going to, they're going to lose some tough games. And I, you remember last year, the Carolina Panthers started three and one and everyone was kind of being like, yeah, this team might be good. They can sneak in. Is that not the New York Giants right now? Or is it just me? Oh, uh, of course. Oh, my gosh, right? Like, I don't – oh, my goodness. It, talk about smoke and mirrors because even the games they won didn't look convi- – you're, you're just watching it like, okay, I guess, like, but I don't I don't buy it. I do not buy them at all. Like, I'll give maybe... you one, though. I, I, Ooh, okay. I have one for you. I, 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 you know, I'll give you two, and they're a little harder. Um, worried or not, Green Bay Packers. I'm going to say no, just because like, you know how, which someone tweeted this out and I agreed with it that the 2022 Packers look like the 2019 Patriots where if Brady doesn't, if Brady doesn't, throw, I think was it, was that you? Uh, did I tweet it? That I, 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 I know I put it in a DM, but I, uh, yes, that is exactly how I felt. If like, he they, doesn't find someone open, he just chucks it away. Yeah. Whole, that, that is absolutely accurate where like they, everyone's just kind of waiting for them to like, just. Oh, they're just gonna get good, and it's like, yeah, because of the quarterback, we all just kind of assume they're gonna just flip the switch and be good. But man, they do not look like a functional offense at this point. I, my and other one is, uh, hmm. other one's Tampa. You know what? I'm saying yes. I'm concerned for them. Not on a. I'm not concerned about them for winning the division, just because, like we said, we don't think the Saints are that good. The, yep. the Panthers are bad, and then the Falcons are. They're frisky. They're 4-0 against the spread, though. So for you gambling folks out there, Atlanta Falcons, moneymakers, um, I'm worried about them. Like, like even after – and also, two way I want to get into last night. Um, I don't look at any NFC team, and I'm like, maybe besides Philly, but, like, Philly doesn't have the experience yet. So I don't look at any NFC team, and I'm like, I don't look at them, and I'm like, yeah, you can win the Super Bowl. I don't look at any team that yeah. way. Um, so, yeah, for those two, yeah. But that's the thing where I look at the Packers where I'm like – They'll make it, but I'm like, I don't have confidence in them to be in the Super Bowl. Um, I think that Brady misses Gronk. He has. Yeah. That's the thing, too. When everyone, like, oh, the Patriots never gave him anyone to throw to. Who's he throwing to now? Like, you're throwing to half of Chris Godwin, who I'm, he's, I don't think he's fully recouped from yeah, the ACL he's, yet. He's, oh, he's like, he's, he's hurt every, um in every game for injuries. And I'm not someone who believes in players being injury prone or anything like that. I just think, like, they kind of just got to get him right. Because if yep. after every game he's like, you know, limping to the sideline, I'm like, 
Whew, is he really back yet, or, or or do we just need him to be back so he's out there? You know what I mean? That's that's kind of how I feel with him. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I'm going to go to last night because this is the only team right now that I look at, and I'm like, you could go to the Super Bowl. That's San Francisco. That defense, like, D'Amico uh, Pines is going to be a head coach in the NFL. He should have been a head coach this year. He is. He is very good. Coordinate the shit out of a defense. My only one with them you know, is like, um, Jimmy. I was also going to say, too, I'm blanking on his name, but that pick six last night and the ball recognition, my goodness. I know goodness, they call Halifan, him, like, uh, uh, Hal- Halfonga Talanoa. Halfonga yes. Talanoa. I've been, I was trying to practice how to say it last night. I was like, yes. Yeah, he um, he is going to be very good. I know he's only in a – he played at USC. He's He he looks like the real – holy, holy – and it happened, like, almost overnight because he was, like, fine last year. Obviously, um – you know, he was fine in college as well. And then, like, he just got to camp this year, and you read the reports, and like, oh, this guy's trying to make plays. And then, you know, the game started, and you're like, oh, shit, this guy's making plays. So I'm looking, I'm looking uh, to see how he develops. He's going to be a player. With the with the Niners, though, when I say Super Bowl, I think it's just, you know what, if Jimmy doesn't screw up, if he does just enough to get them there, that's where I think they can maybe be a contender. I think the defense can carry them. Um if you want to talk about someone who's a non-existent tight end right now that you should be concerned about, I'm more concerned about George Kittle not contributing more than uh, yeah. Hunter Henry. But, my God, Debo Samuel's the baller. Yeah, he is. He is. He's ridiculous. He is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. and um, Oh, I have a team for you for the worried or not. The Rams. Worried. Worried, worried, worried. Um, I... Man, I believe him. I believed in Matt, Matt, Matthew Stafford, um, but everyone, you know, they won the Super Bowl and all summer. Everyone's like, "Yeah, he just got carried there. The team's not that good. He just got carried. Um, he's not that good." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure." Um, he now looks like a quarterback who kind of just carried because now that the team around him isn't as good, he just doesn't look right. And I'm like, "Oh, I know. You know, he didn't. You know, he didn't. He wasn't in and out during the summer. I know he has the injury. I think he's still more hurt than they're letting on. But at the same time, my God, like." It, the, the, ugh. That pick six was disgusting. It was a great read by uh, T- you know Talanoa. I I'll, I'll give him that. But my goodness, like talk about softballing the ball, the, the football is just lollipop. And I'm like, brother, what are we doing? Yeah, like I, I I think he's hurt. I just I think his elbow is worse than people are letting us believe. And at the end of the season, it's going to come out. You know what? He needs major surgery. It's yep. this this and this. That, that whole division, like Seattle, I think it's the same thing as Atlanta where, you know what, they'll be frisky and they'll be in a couple games. But I think everyone's going to go back to that Denver game and be like, this team's good. And then you see them the next week and they're like, they're not good. And then Arizona's yeah. a team that I'm just like, Arizona's just a poorly run organization. Yes. They bore me to tears. Have since, and that's what really, I just, I really don't like Cliff Kingsbury because he has all these exciting players on offense um, and his offense is still boring as fuck to watch. So. You know, what are we yeah, what are we doing? And I love everyone going, Oh, Cliff Kingsbury deserves to get fired. And I'm like, they're not getting fired. They literally just got extended this offseason, Steve yep. Kime and yep. things. They're not they're not yep. going anywhere. Um, the only other team I have to say for the concern thing is oh, also I'm not gonna even say concerned about this. Wherever we're going, Cooper Rush is better than Dak. I'm like, the second Dak is healthy, he's getting back in there. Holy there cow. Is, yeah, I, there is no for everyone going, Oh, but it's the right decision. I'm like, you're paying Dak forty million dollars a year. You're not having this on the bench. And I can't wait till next March when someone Pays Cooper Rush starter money. Oh, yeah. And then they're oh, like, yeah. no, and then, you know what? It's like, yeah, he's good. He's good. And then everyone's hyping him up. And then September rolls around and everyone's like, we made a big mistake. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see what they're seeing, um, what they're seeing in Cooper Rush. He's kind of just executing the, uh, executing the offense, and I guess that's enough. But I think he's a player who should be in the league for a long time as a backup. I think kind of like secured his role uh, going forward. But he, someone's going to pay him. Someone's going to pay him twenty millions of dollars, twenty million dollars a year to play, and it's going to be hideous. It, it really is. Um, the only other teams I think of when I think of this whole word or not thing, I think of Jacksonville where I'm like, they're, they're, I think Sunday we learned that's their true team where like you had a 14 point lead against Philly and then Philly basically just said, no, and scored, outscores you 29 to nothing. Yep. That's where you learn like, yep. okay, Jacksonville, you're not here yet. Um, the only other thing I want to say too, cause I, I haven't done a podcast since this has all happened, but the, the two of drama, not drama, but the two of stuff going on in Miami. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, the only thing I want to say, commenting on it further, is just the fact that I feel like Mike McDaniel's like that like kid that's in trouble. That's like you you can tell he's lying, but he's trying to act straight as possible and be like, no, 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 yeah, maybe I'm like we care about him, the person, not the player, and he get back. And even how yesterday the reporter he came out, yeah, he's not playing this week. I literally think that came out because they want to save face and avoid another PR disaster. Yep, I um I like. I like McDaniel as like a football player. I think I've already gotten to the point of absolute fatigue with the way people, um, by people I mean the national media, the way they talk about him. Like anytime he says anything, they're like, this guy's the coolest guy ever. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like he's a football coach. Like let him, let him, you know, coach football. We don't have to like hang on his every word. Um, as far as the whole Tua thing, that was, that was pretty bad, um, obviously. And I think only one person getting fired is, I don't know. I I know you know the you know unaffiliated non uh, you know the, the basically the spotter um, yeah. the neuro neuro the neuro dude. I think he obviously made some errors and that's why he was fired. But I think Miami gets let off the hook um, for their part in it just because like even if you know that one dude did make the errors, the one doctor guy made the errors and let Tua you know finish out that Buffalo game, you know. He didn't, you know, Tua didn't practice all week leading into that Thursday game. It's a short week. Your quarterback is hurt. Even if, even if you honestly believed it was just his back bullshit, that it was just his back, you then put him out there on a short week. It's week four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 week four. It it's a little too early to be risking it, <laughs> risking your season for one regular season game. Um, I I just think it's. It's awfully convenient that only one person was fired or only one person disciplined at all. I think we'll see in a in a few weeks as the you know NFL's report's gonna come back like, oh yep, it was just the one dude and that's you know, that's it, and that's gonna be the result of the investigation and you know, no one's gonna be in any trouble and no one's gonna you know, nothing's gonna happen. There will be no repercussions for that outside of the one dude getting uh, getting the axe. But I think on the whole, I think it's fair to look at the organization and ask how did it happen. Well, it's also one of those things too where and I've said this for years. The NFL does not care about what happens. That's why all the domestic violence and sexual assault stuff gets pushed to the side sometimes okay. until it's something that, you know what, until the shield's affected. Until the shield yep. is affected, they don't give a shit. Yep. Yep. And they've been, they've been that way for years. Um, and I know a lot of people put that on Goodell and, you know, they, you know, they blast him as being a bad commissioner. But in truth, he's actually a really good commissioner because he makes uh, the league a lot of money. And by good, obviously, I mean within the context of what they hired, what the owners yeah. hired him hired him for. Obviously, he's an atrocious uh, runner of the league, but he's made them a ton of money. And he's a really good meat shield. Like, anytime there's anything, even, like, remotely uncouth going on, they send him out there. He, you know, 
takes all the booze, takes all the arrows, takes all, you know, he falls on the sword and all of the owners are just kind of like, all right, cool. You know, then no one asks any questions any further because everyone's mad at Dell and it's like, cool, but you know, the owners are his bosses and they're, you know, they've been involved in a ton of shitty shit, uh, shady shit. And you know what I mean? It's just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you had a, an organization tampering with the greatest quarterback of all time while he was under contract, you know, brought him out, flew him out to Miami and all that. And then there was that whole weird retirement thing with Brady and then whether or not he was going to go back to the Dolphins with Sean Payton and they were tampering with him and all that amounts to a, a big fine for the owner. And I'm like, cool, you're going to find him a million dollars. Great. He's a billionaire. Who cares? But, yeah. you know, that's either, neither here nor there. Because at the end of the day, the only person who's under fire for any of it is Roger Goodell. Yeah, you, you nailed every point on the head. Um, I still think that Brady only came back this year just despite the ESPN reports that he retired. Uh, he wants to yeah. he wants to go out on his own terms. Yeah, it, it's been really weird. I think at the end of the year, we'll kind of see um, we'll see something come out about that about that entire saga uh, about Brady's entire year. Actually, I think everything about his year since you know going back to you know the the Lions. I mean, not the Lions, the Rams loss. Um, has been weird and yeah we just keep pretending it's not weird it's like he retired oh no he unretired oh he's gonna you know he's committed to the team oh he's gonna go on an 11 day break was he on the mass singer hmm, is he gonna come back is his heart in it oh no brady's fine everything's back to normal because he's gonna take wednesday off except no no he's not gonna take this wednesday off maybe next wednesday no he'll not take that, that wednesday off either but there's some wednesdays he's gonna take off we swear and i'm like what the hell's happening here like like this is weird like this is this is strange for anyone, much less you know Tom Brady, who's you know by all accounts one of the most dedicated you know passionate players in league history, and you have him like you know taking trips to the Bahamas. You got the you know the the, the weird you know veteran rest day, which he's obviously never had. And I get it, he's forty five, so maybe he'll, you know he'll get it. But I, it almost feels like that's something being asked of him, not something he's asking for. And then obviously you have the whole rumors um, with regards to his marriage. Which I'm not going to touch on because I don't know either of them people. I don't really care. But I think I think there's a lot more going on with Brady than meets the eye. And I think at the end of the year, that's something that could come out as well. Yeah, it's all going to come out in like literally like the day after the Super Bowl or like the day after the box yep. season ends. Who knows when that'll be? But like if the Mass Singer thing comes true, I'm just going to laugh because that was a Reddit theory. That was literally that something was that so was posted. Weird. On, it was posted on Reddit like so literally weird. like. In August, right after, it's like, yeah, he's on the Masked Singer. So if he's on the Masked Singer now, everyone's going to say, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 he just did the Masked Singer and stuff like that, how it's just like an unexcused absence and everything like that. So it's just one of those things. But I completely agree with you that we're going to find out about all of what he's done at some point. It's it's all going to come out, and it's all going to be dirty laundry. And like you said, too, we know the marriage stuff's going on, but like you or I, we're not – that's on our department. We're here to talk football. Yep. And I want to shift gears back now to the Patriots because obviously we talked about Jack Jones earlier. Who else on the team has impressed you this year so far? Um, recently, Bias will tell me to say Marcus Jones. He looks like a stud returner. He looks like a stud returner in the preseason as well. I know that he bobbled his first ever, you know, his first ever return and then he muffed the other one. So it was like, you know, not, not a, you know, it's an inauspicious start. And then he's been having issues getting on the field and they put Miles Bryant out. I think though, you know, the two faces out of the tube at this point, you can't, you can't really go back to Miles Bryant when, you know, when <laughs> Jones is giving you like good field position, he's picking up chunks of chunks and chunks 
on the returns, you, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't go back to that. So he has to, you got to have to find a way to put him out. Uh, you're going to have to ha- have to find a way to put him out there. Um, I think other players that impressed me, I really liked obviously Kyle Duggar. Um, I think he's going into the season, everyone kind of had him as like pegged as like a guy who was going to have a breakout year and he has been very good. Um, he dog. has been the best defender on the field. What's that? He's a dog. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's his tackling ability, his, his speed. Obviously, I know that he gave up that touchdown, the the long touchdown to uh, Jalen Waddle in Miami. But outside of that, I think he's been, um, god damn it, uh, I think he's been um, fantastic. So he's really impressed me on the offensive side of the ball. Cole Strange has been very, very good. Um, he is having a lot of people eat a lot of crow because holy cow, he has been impressive. He is um, he's clearly their best puller. Whenever they're uh, whenever they pull him, something good happens. So he's 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 their best puller on the offensive line. He's been really good in pass pro. He's allowed one sack. There's still some communication issues where like there there are some pressures that come from him and Trent Brown that you're not sure who who it's on. Um, but I think for the most part, he's been as advertised. He he's a player that when you watch him and you learn that he was picked in the first round, you're like, yeah, I can see that. That totally makes sense. Totally. Um, even though everyone, including myself, we all hated it at the time. He's been, um, he's been really, really impressive. Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I know I've talked about him a few times now, but I'll talk about him once again, because I can't get over what a big difference it has been from last year to this year. And it really also, it really all comes down to usage. Um, Nelson Aguilar happens to look way better when you're not just running him straight down the field every play. Ooh. Who knew? Um, so they have to run a lot more crossers, a lot more shallow routes. And so he's getting the opportunity to just like catch and run. And no surprise, he's, he's always been really fast. That was the reason, you know, that, that Philly took him when they did in the first round. Um, so I'm really impressed with Nelson Aguilar. Obviously, he's been um, very good. And Jonu Smith as a blocker, um, not necessarily as a receiver, because I don't think the production's there. But I think that would be another player that impressed me on the offensive defensive side. Obviously, I talked about Kyle Duggar, um, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones. I think both of them should, you know, both of the Joneses should see more play time. Jalen Mills has been kind of what you expected. He's not going to get you killed, but you don't expect lockdown coverage. It's not his game. Um, Dietrich Wise, you mentioned earlier. Uh, that is 100% right. He he has been very good. Um, he's obviously in the middle of a really good year. Uh, and really, I I think that might be it as far as the defense goes because I think other players impressed me in certain areas, but not on the whole. So I think Matt Wilson has been great coverage. Uh, he's been a liability in the running game, and I know he's kind of a smaller he's kind of a smaller backer. Um, but you know he's he's not been very good in the run game. Uh, Rayquan Millen, I was I was drinking the Kool-Aid on him and he has been bad uh, to the point where now he's just benched. So that sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I think on the whole, the defense has been good. It's just like the individual players have been great for a, you know, consistently good stretch of time. We'll put it that way. So, you know, the Sunday, Jamie Collins is going to come in and have a great game and we're going to go, you belong in Foxborough, young man. Uh, um, yeah, the he's a... <laughs> He's good for like two games a year where he looks like the best linebacker in the world. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's him. And then the rest is going to be like, you know, be completely invisible. But two, two of those games, he's going to look like the best player in the world. Yeah. The only other guy I, I want to go with, but I don't, is Matt Judon, just because I feel like he's just picking up where he left off last okay. year. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I don't know why I didn't address Judon. Yeah. That's, he's been good. He's been very good. He has a sack in all four games. 
Um, he is creating consistent pressure. I'm worried, though, that he'll wear down because right now he's the only one creating consistent pressure on the edge. Um, Uche has been and then that's, that's just been a ghost and uh, the invisible man. I tell you, he's he's not done a single thing. Even when he's gotten pressure, he's not finished. Obviously, he has no sacks on the year. I I don't know. I think I honestly think that's why Judon was brought in. I mean, uh, not Judon. Um, Collins was brought in. I think they just need someone yeah. on the opposite side of Judon who can like get some pressure out there. Like goodness, just do something. And you know, Anthony Jennings has been I think good in his role. He's not a pass rusher per se. Um, I think he's just a, you know, he's a strong side backer. He's kind of in that in that high tower mode where he's like the strong side backer on the edge there. Uh, and they'll put Judon to the other side. But uh, they just need someone who can create pressure on the other side and on passing downs. And, you know, Dietrich Wise has been doing a good job on, on rundowns and, you know, on, on traditional rundowns. But as like a speed rusher, he's not a speed rusher. So as someone who has, you know, hey, it's third and 13, we need our speed guys out there. It's been Judon and Uche, but there's only pressure coming from one side because Uche's been a non-factor. Yeah. Um, the only other player, and I'll say this too about the Cole Strange pick, because I've caused some stuff on Twitter recently because someone said Cole Strange was worth the pick and everyone's going, that's not the player you should have picked at the position. I'd only say if it wasn't worth it, if, say, Creed Humphrey goes like 33. Like, you know, someone of that elk. Like, there's no offensive lineman in that category that you're playing with. It's not the, you know, Nikhil Harry went in 32. Oh, but hey, Debo Samuel just went after him, and now we know. Yeah. It's not that. So is the Cole Strange pick at the time? Was it worth it? No. Now, though, you look back at it, it was not a wasted pick. Cole Strange is living yeah. up to the hype. Um, the other offensive lineman I have loved this year is Michael Owenu. He is playing like yeah. his 2020 self yeah. again. He's having a really good year. He's really solidifying himself. I believe it's the – yeah, he's the, the right guard. Is it, uh, uh, wait, is he the guard? Or is I, I always get yeah, two right mixed guard. up guards. He's yeah, the right yeah. guard. Uh, Marcus Cannon coming in. Is great. I think Isaiah Wynn is. We put him up the pasture. I think it's his that his that, days sucks. that really sucks. I really like Isaiah Wynn too. I, I I do. I think he's he's been better than people have said he's been. He's always been like just slightly above average. Like he's always been, in my opinion, around like the fifteenth best tackle, which is fine. Um, but this year he has just been he's been brutal. He has been brutal. It's the it's the penalties followed by the, the, the you know allowing of the pressure, giving up sacks, and you're just like. Damn, bro, I can't even, like, defend this because, like, objectively, anyone with eyeballs can look and see 76 is the weak point on that line. You're like, damn. Yeah, because I think for him, it's just like, you know, Chase Winovich from last year. He just needs a new new change of scenery. That's what he needs. Yeah. And then the other side of the ball, Trent Brown. I think Trent Brown's been fine. Obviously, the Miami game, he had some blunders. But for the most part, he's been – you know, he's been doing his job. He's been doing the Patriot way. And then David Andrews is David Andrews. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Lawrence Guy has been a guy I've really liked as well up until his injury. He's been really good as a run blocker, run stuffer. Um, both Harris and Stevenson have been great. Um, I still have a weird feeling, though, that Harris won't be a Patriot next year. I don't know what it is. It's just there's something inside of me saying that. Yeah, they, I think that's may, fair. I think he may, be, uh, he may go somewhere else to get paid. Stevenson becomes RB1, and then they use – Either Pierre Strong or uh, Kevin Harris in the run game more. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think I that's what that. happens. Yeah, and yeah. then the only things I have to say is it sucks that Ronnie Perkins got hurt because I would have loved to have seen him out there this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I, that I'm really curious about that because I uh, don't believe in the Foxborough flu. I don't think that's a thing that actually happens. Whenever someone's like, oh, it's just a possible flu, they're just dashing in for next year. I'm like, well, name one player that they did that with that worked. You know, like, there are none. Um, but, so Henry I'm Anderson curious. is gone. 
you know, yeah, you know exactly right. So I um, or some people, you know, the, the, the some of the players they'll point out like you know, Barry and say, oh, it was a Foxborough flu, and then they cut him. So it's like not really. Um, so I, I'm curious to, with him if it was a real injury because I thought he looked good in the preseason games, especially on, on rollouts. I thought he was like he always covered the rollouts so well. I think he's a good athlete, and so he was. He's a little raw, but he was always going to be a player that could give you something because of just raw talent. Um, so it's tough that he's, you know, obviously out for the year. Uh, he, yeah, he could have, he could have given them something because right now they're not getting anything on that edge spot off the dude on. Yeah, that's, that's just the thing. And then Adrian Phillips too has been, he's had his moments, he's had his flashes, but I think he's he's banged up right now. And then, yep. like we're saying earlier, Myers has been good. Bourne's been. They have to get Bourne involved. I feel like every time Kendrick Bourne gets involved, it's like, guys, play him more. And I know which everyone yep. likes to be on Judge and Patricia's, Patricia's case of like, oh, they're not that good at their jobs at San Francisco. It's like, okay, yeah, you can you can go do it. You you like you go coordinate an NFL team. You be a kid. That's what I'm kind of like trying to say. They're the best at what they do for a reason. They're the right. Coaching football is yeah. not an easy job out of all the major sports to coach. It yeah. ain't easy. I think it, it really just comes down to the fact that, you know. Judge went to New York, and uh, Matt Patricia went to to, uh, to Detroit, and they both both teams were absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. And for the most part, people find them to be unlikable, so they get a lot more a lot more flack than I think they deserve, or than I think is appropriate for the time that they're getting it. I think you know if it before the season even starts and it, we're in camp, if people were like, "They gotta fire them. This is the worst they've ever looked. I've never seen an offensive worse than camp." Blah blah blah. And I'm like. Relax. You know what I mean? Like, I know you have an axe to grind. I know, you know, Patricia is not likable and, and, and judged is an ornery dude, but relax, kind of let it see. Um, and as a result, I think the offense is getting a lot more scrutiny than it deserves as well, because what we're seeing is a lot of, like, execution errors, right? You'll see, you know, go out there and Patriots will pick up a nice chunk of, you know, on first down, I mean, it'll be second and one, and then, oh, false start. Now it's second and six. Oh, now there's a sack, and the average going to be like, oh, look at Matt Patricia's offense. I'm like, he didn't coach them to false start. He didn't coach them to give up sacks. Like, you know what I mean? That Those are execution errors. So those are, he you know what I mean? So he didn't, he wasn't going to know that, hey, Kyle Hamilton's going to come up out of nowhere and strip and I'll snag and the, ball. the ball. No, hey, he didn't know that, you know, he didn't tell Mac Jones to throw it, you know, throw it to Marlon Humphrey in the back of the end zone on a miscommunication with Devontae Parker. So, you know, these are like the things that we're seeing. It's like just errors in execution that yeah. people want to blame the coaches for. And I'm like, I, I, I can understand why you want to do that, but at the same time, like at the at the end of the day, the players have to go out there and execute. And if they're not executing and there are clear execution issues, I think we're we're bailing them out too much by then blaming the coaches. Like if Matt goes out there and throws three interceptions like against the Ravens, I think it's now it's to then turn and be like, Well, see it's Matt Patricia's fault. And I'm like, no, 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 we're letting Mac off the hook here. Like he went out there and threw three interceptions. He didn't play well, that's on him. You know, I think it, it, it's too convenient to just kind of always blame it down on, oh, it's the coaching, it's the coaching, it's the coaching, when there are very clearly like execution errors. If a player runs the wrong route and the ball gets intercepted because the QB threw to where he was supposed to be, no one looks to the offensive coordinator like, why'd you call that play? But I think that really does come down to the fact that I, for the most part, it seems like a lot of people seem, seem to believe that like the play calling works in a way that it doesn't work. They're like, oh yeah, why don't they just throw, you know, just, Call the play where, you know, Devontae Parker ends up wide open. Why didn't they just call that again? And I'm like, because he's not going to end up wide open again. What do you mean? Like, like you thought, like, the, the play called the reason he's wide open? No, like, someone blew the coverage. What are we talking about? 
Yeah, like even too, uh, what was I going to say? And if all else fails, look, Josh McDaniels will be back here by 2024. So just Man, don't hold your breath on that. Ooh, they're not a – the Raiders are not a good team. Neither are the Broncos, though, and I, I, I did call that one. I was like, I did, I didn't believe in them. Uh, Russell Wilson Russell Wilson is three bad games away from everyone joining me on the whole uh, is he washed, you know, is he washed category because that's where I'm kind of standing right now. I'm, I'm looking, and he's just not playing well, and I know it's only four games in the season, obviously, but I think given what he put on tape last year, what he put on tape in the second half of 2020 and – um, what he obviously put on tape the first four games of this year. I think it is fair to start to wonder, like, does he is he still an elite player? I would say no, um, but you know, people would obviously push back on that. This might be a bit of a hot take question, but if there is a which I just had a thing go through me because I remembered what the Thursday nighter this week is, and it's Colts Broncos. So buckle up, everyone on Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> who's more likely to lose their job after one season, McDaniel's or Hackett? Hackett, Hackett, he, um, yeah, only because I, with, with McDaniels, uh, their t- the Raiders are fine, like, as far as, like, roster talent goes, um, I think kind of, you know, they have the 28th ranked defense, yeah, like, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I think the, they're kind of top heavy, where, like, their high-end players are really good, um, it's just everyone else is just fine, um, so I think knowing that and knowing who Mark Davis kind of is, I think they'll, he'll kind of get a pass on that. Like, all right, yep, we'll kind of give you another year to kind of re, you know, build it. Whereas with the Broncos, I think they think they have a team ready to win the Super Bowl, like, right now. You know, they have, you know, uh, they're, they're, they go four deep at wide receiver. They go, like, four deep at cornerback. They have my favorite safety, one of my favorite safeties in the league, and Justin Simmons. They have Bradley Chubb. They have, the obviously, Randy Gregory, who just went on IR. But they had, you know, they obviously had the pass rush there. They need linebackers, but, you know, who doesn't at this point? And so they look like a team that's ready ready to go. They had, obviously, two stud running backs. Javante Williams obviously just went on IR, but they had, you know, Melvin Gordon. So I think they probably think they have a, a team ready to win now. Um, and if the trend continues as they have uh, through the first four games and Nathaniel Hackett kind of looks overmatched, then I think they may make a change just for the sake of, like, hey, we have our team. Here's our window. Let's go, let's go get it. The only thing I'm going to say quickly is I, this Thursday's game feels like a must-win for either team to keep your season alive. I know it's week five. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, but this is a game that yeah, it I, feels uh, yeah. big for both. Yeah, I think um, if the Bron- I think it feels bigger for the Broncos, but I think if they lose, they're kind of cooked um, as far as like the, the AFC goes just because, you know, that yeah, I, I think they play in a tougher division, obviously. They still have the games against Kansas City to go. They still have uh, the Chargers. They still have another date with the Raiders. You know, obviously, we'll see how those games go. But on paper, those are our teams. Then, hey, we got to go play Houston. You know, again, we have to go play Jacksonville. Or we have to, you know, Tennessee's probably going to be a tough out. But we have to go play Tennessee. So it looks, on paper anyway, on paper, it looks like it's a bigger game for the Broncos. Because if they lose, I don't know how long we go until their next, like, decisive win. I'm looking at their schedule here, and on the week 12, they're going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Think about how that game, we went from those two teams now being, like, weirdly, well, bad and, like, mid from, well, what I say is the worst Super Bowl of all time. I still stand by that Super Bowl 50. It was not a good game at all. Um, no, it was not. No. I know people like to say Super Bowl 53, but no, Super Bowl 50 was just not fun. That was boring. No nope. football. Um, yep. And then even the other one, two here now, Christmas Day, 
we get traded to the Broncos versus the Rams. Like, who, like... Yeah, see, on paper, that's supposed to be, like, a marquee matchup. In truth, we're probably going to get there, and they're both going to be under 500. Like, that's yeah. that's a real possibility. It'll still bring in a lot of viewers because it's Christmas, and I know there's NBA on Christmas, but NFL. I, I love how the NFL finally discovered, like, hey, yeah, let's play on Christmas, and we'll, like, get 20 million to 30 million people watching these games. It's like... I think for a long time, they were kind out. of afraid of the NBA because the NBA had Christmas on absolute lockdown, like... It was like, oh, you know, what are you doing on Christmas? Everyone's watching basketball. I think they uh, slowly kind of started, like, nudging their way in. It helps that the, the last few Christmas games they've had have been, you know, relatively good. Um, or at my score, they've been good. But I remember Alvin Kamara just had, like, five touchdowns. Shit. <laughs> I remember I was at my mom's house with my, you know, family, obviously. This is... And we were just watching, we were like, this is absurd. <laughs> like, this, I can't believe this is happening right now. Yeah, it's like Thanksgiving this year. We're going to get Bills, obviously Bills Lions. You can take your nap and or watch Giants Cowboys. And then at nighttime, you get the Patriots and the Vikings, which I, I don't want to say automatic win, but we all know the Kirk Cousins primetime effect. So I just, I, ooh, I, ooh. I like the Vikings as a team. I don't like Kirk Cousins uh, enough at all to like watch their games more than I have to. If they're like the only game on, like they were on today, um, then obviously, like, I'll watch it because I just – I'm a slut for football. But if I have any other game I can possibly watch, it's not going to be the Vikings. I just – because Kurt – if he's not too – he's just an exciting enough watch. And it's mostly only exciting because, like, Justin Jefferson catches the ball and just does ridiculous things after. Um, but with Kurt Cousins, he's so safe. He, you know, he just – I don't know. He's not a fun player to watch. No, he's no, 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 he's not. Um, what was the only thing I was going to say? Um, the one thing, thing I want to say about the Lions, too, and I want to ask you about this, are the 2022 Lions a version of the 2019 Bucks? Because, like, you know, last year everyone was saying that the uh, 21 Broncos was just, we just need a quarterback, we need this. I'm like, no, you also need a big Fangio to go, which I believed in since 2020. But that was one thing I just came to my mind with the Lions is, is the Lions this year, like, you know how we were saying, a quarterback away? Is that what they are? Or do they think that's uh... more to them? You know, from what like contention of like a title or for for like just oh in terms like of friskiness the, or in, like friskiness in the hunt? No, no, no. I'm not looking at. I'm not putting Detroit in the title okay. picture unless they go out and like trade for like. Fuck, let's see who's an available quarterback. I, I can't even think of a quarterback to go in there and immediately make an impact. Right. Um. I can I can understand I can see that argument them being a quarterback away I think uh, I, like we went through their roster already and I kind of like what they're going I think um, they're quarterback and a linebacker away honestly but uh, you can get by with bad linebacker play if you know if you have strength elsewhere and I like their cornerback group uh, Amani Awarie is a player I really like as well on top of Jeff Okuda so um, but yeah I can, I can understand that argument just because like I think they have enough players to like you know be in the hunt. Uh, it's just Jared Goff is going to throw it to the other team, and that's going to cost them more games than it should. Can't wait to see him throw an interception on Sunday, and hopefully the Patriots get a win on Sunday. Before we go, though, I just want to ask you for a quick permission. Do I? I was going to like name the podcast like Zap or something else. Do I have your permission to use "slut for football" as the podcast title? Yeah, go for it. I'm a huge slut for football. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to post it online. Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? And I'll be like, you have to listen to find out. You have to listen to find out. <laughs> but anyway, guys, 
We're 186 episodes in the bag now. Think about that. 200 is coming up very soon. McGarvin, it's always been a blast to talk to you. I was actually checking out some of your content yesterday. I saw the video of the the Powerpuff Girls recipe video on uh, Nice ENT Group, which, yes. I looked that up, and I was just like, oh, I want to see what this guy's videos are like. And I saw that one, and then there was a couple other uh, video game-related stuff like there. So, guys, check him out. Nice ENT Group at Patriots POV. He literally is a dude with a keyboard and a microphone talking about the Patriots, but that's that's all most all us Patriots fans are. We just love talking about this team. We just love love this team, love this game. We're sluts for the game. But anyway, guys, it's been a blast with Garvin. Is there any last remarks you have before we uh, take off today? Have fun on Sunday. Have fun. I really, really enjoy really enjoy your time at Gillette. Just like soak it all in because I know it's not the same. And you know, uh, fan bases, but people who have been to other you know stadiums are like, oh, this is. It's fine. It's mid or whatever, but um, maybe I'm just a homer. I love Gillette. I love going to Gillette. I love the entire atmosphere. I love the game. And then I love afterward, you know, all the shops around. You kind of just walk around as you wait for the traffic to die down. So really enjoy it because it really is, it really is a fun experience. <sighs> Can't and wait. And hopefully there's a Can't win wait. to celebrate with that. So that's all i'm gonna end this on guys just fingers crossed for the w we'll see you guys tomorrow night as we get ready for week five because like i said episodes gotta be up and recorded before i go to boston bye everyone i'm jeff woods and i'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it he just was one of those people he stood out he was a magic guy he really was a magic guy oh we all have force he had the same amount of force as we all had this was before led zeppelin robert was full on i mean he was led zeppelin without the band behind him he had the hair the jeans the whole thing you know and he was amazing the records and rock stars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts all the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.